The first scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 22, 36 to 39. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like is the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The second reading is from Mark 16:14 through 20. Later Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refer, stubborn refer, refusal to believe those he had to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will, they will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. After, after the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. The third reading is from John 3:16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through him. Amen. Thank you, Robin. Before I share, I know we have a long service this morning, and I would hope that you're able to stay and just be with us for our lunch after church, but I know you may have a schedule and things you need to do. So as a family, what's that mean? We, you come and go as you need to, and uh, I totally understand, and I, but I do appreciate your um, uh, respect and attention as we share Building on this idea of moving forward into the next 60, 100 years of ministry, churches come in all shapes and sizes. Churches have all different types of gifts and talents and resources, and each church has its own DNA. Each church has its own call and own ministry and all, its own focus, and that can even change over the, year, over the years as uh, different things, many factors uh, affect those things. But there's a lot of things that do not change, and it's ultimately, well, it does not change. God does not change. Jesus as Lord and Savior does not change. The Holy Spirit as counselor and guide and light and the one that leads us does not change. God's holy word, God's scriptures, that does not change. And as you've heard these verses today, would you think... 20, 40, or 60 years ago when they was breaking ground and these three churches came together, would those same verses sound exactly the same 60 years ago as they do today? Absolutely. And they're going to sound the same 10 years from now and 60 years from now. And what did, what's the message? What are we to do? One nature and mission of the church, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach 
the good news to all creation. Why does creation need the good news? Well, they need to hear John 3.16 as well. For God so loved this world, so God so loved you that He gave His one and only Son that whoever, whoever of you will believe in Him shall not perish, but you will have eternal life. A promise and thanks be to God moment, right? Promises for us and thanks be to God for this good news. Good news and this gospel message does not change. This good news for the church and the disciple and going forward in ministry will never be bad news. It's, it was, began as good news. It is good news now. It will always be good news. Yes, the nature and life of the church, it does change. It will look different. At one church, at one time, the church was the main event in town. The main event for the community to come together and for families and individuals to come, and that's what they looked forward to because there wasn't much else happening. But the world today feels the church has become irrelevant. The church today has become overlooked by society. There's people today, they drive up and down the roads and through towns and communities. They drive right by a church and they don't even know it's a church. They don't even know that it's a church or what happens in the church. We're getting generations that far from church. The mission field of the church has not changed either. What is the mission field? It's not about thousands and miles away or in other areas and dark corners where no one's been. The mission field is right out before us where the church must go where the people are. The church are the people, we are the church, but we must go. What, where do we go? We go to work, we go and we live and we play and we go to games and all these activities. That's where the church must be. And that's why it's so important for us to be the disciples that we need to be. But why? why, did, why again, why? Well, John 3.17, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. To save the world. But we find ourselves in the constant challenge as the church. A constant challenge to be Christ-like. To be Christ-like in all activities, in all areas of our lives, and to, in all aspects of ministry. To those of the world. To those places that we go. Being Christ-like at all times. That challenge has always been and always will be. And you may say, and others will argue, that it's getting more difficult. But I think it's always been difficult. It's always been hard to be Christ-like in this world. And it doesn't matter what country you live in or where you live, what community. It is a challenge. And we can't do it ourselves. We can't do it in our own strength, our own mental understanding of God's Word. It is hard work. So what must we do? We must place our faith in God's holy word. We must recognize that we must ask for forgiveness and daily because we're not perfect people. We must go beyond these walls. We must go beyond these walls living for Jesus. And living as Jesus lived. And how did he live? He went and lived by loving. 
Loving and serving others. Loving and serving one another. You know, we have the past. It's behind us. It's historic. A lot of people have come and gone over the years. They've done a lot of great things. Yes, the structure needs maintained. Yes, there are traditions. We've got altars, cloths, different colors, different seasons of the year, different meanings. And here we are today. We must be a church that goes where the people are. We must be willing to meet them in the daily grind. Because they are watching. They're watching everything that we do and how we say and what we think and how we respond to the things that happen to us and happen in our families and that happen in the world. They're not looking back at some historical event or some groundbreaking moment. They're looking at us right now and wondering how they're going to handle that. How are they going to handle this or that? And how are they going to go forward? How are they going to bounce back? Well, only with the Lord, only with Jesus, and with His Word. There's this huge separation that has taken place between the church and the everyday lives of the people in the communities. A huge separation. That's where it's at. It's not about church and state country and government. It's right here. Church, you and I, and the people outside these doors in our little communities that sprinkle and salt and pepper this whole country. That's the separation. And that's a separation that has to come together and be dealt, done with. And it can only be repaired by the Holy Spirit at work, beginning with us beginning with us, and with the Holy Spirit, and with Jesus Christ, with these two ingredients, these needed ingredients, needed ingredients, I say, for the relationship. For the relationship. And what, oh, you ask, what relationship? The relationship that you need with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. As long as Christianity is seen and believed to be some religion of the world, the world and the people will not see Christ. Because Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not just some religion. It's not, it's not some following. It is a relationship, personal relationship with God's Son as Lord and Savior. This is God's plan. No one made this up. Nobody uh, had this brainstorm, this write this Bible, make up a bunch of stories, and have this Savior come, born of Virgin Mary, and he died on a cross, and come back to life again. It's not made up. It's God's plan, eternal plan of salvation, and it comes with a command. Command to the church. And that command is right there in Matthew 22, 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You like yourself? We need to love our neighbors. You like yourself? You need to love God. And this can only happen 
when the Holy Spirit leads us, when the Holy Spirit opens our spiritual eyes. The Holy Spirit must lead the ministry, and the church must let the Holy Spirit lead them. Theodore W. Jennings, Jr. wrote, and I quote, Love seeks the benefit of other. Of course, the other's benefit must mean that the other as well comes to live the life of love made possible by grace. End quote. We can't love one another without being grace-filled and graceful. We cannot go out into this world and love others that's going to hurt us and, and turn their backs on us and say things about us without being grace-filled and having that powerful grace of love. We can't do it without this church, and we can't do it without the Lord as well. And as we think about this, our daily life, your daily grind is a walk with Christ. Christ walked this earth. We walk it now. He's with us. And He wants to walk with us. He's willing to carry us when He needs to carry us. He's willing to empower us when we need to be empowered. He's willing to do so much more if we were only willing to let him do his job and we would be obedient. Because that's when the other duty of the church comes in, that as the church we begin to develop, we develop as disciples. Disciples are students of God's Word. The disciples study the Word. They study God's everything. All that He is and who that he is, and all that he says. As disciples, we embrace what God says. We embrace what Jesus did and what Jesus taught. As disciples, we live it out. We live out what God teaches in his word. It is only then, and only then, that any transformation can ever take place, or that any transformation will take place is that we become the disciples that we need to be. The Apostle Paul, he describes it this way, the church has a body that is made up of many parts, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. The body is a unit, though made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we are all baptized by one Spirit into one body. Whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, we are all given the one Spirit. And as we think about this, and I want you to really pray about this this week and pray about being here on Thursday night, the disciple is not going to live a life by removing ourselves from the culture. As a disciple, we're not going to avoid everything that happens in the world But we're going to live in the world, but not of it. So there is a difference. We are set apart, not by choice, but by God's doing, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
not set apart to make ourselves look better or be, be higher or in a different position than anyone else because we are all sinful people forgiven by Jesus Christ. And as the church, we become the Lord's people. We become the church. You and I, each of us. And as the church, we begin to carry out the mission and the commandments and the direction and the leading of God, the teaching of Jesus, and the direction of the Holy Spirit. The life of the discipleship, the life of discipleship and the learning of spiritual doctrines of God's Word, it's, it's slow process. We are slow learners. We make mistakes along the way. We ask for forgiveness again, and then we, we get another opportunity. We get a lot of do-overs in this life because God loves us that much. I appreciate all the do-overs I've had. And I know I'm going to need some, no, some do-overs going forward. There's going to be things I'll need to ask for forgiveness for with, with my wife, my children, my neighbors, someone I may know. Maybe somebody on the soccer team, those little kids, they get their feelings hurt. I may have to ask them for forgiveness. We've got to make sure we're not too proud and don't think too highly of ourselves to the point where we can't admit we made a mistake. We can't admit, we need to be able to admit, oh, I, I need to make a turn here. I've got to make a U-turn. I won't go down that road any longer. I don't want to do that again. It's a lifelong journey, this spiritual journey, for this life and for the life that is yet to come. Would you join me in prayer? Father God, there are things we can learn from history and tradition. And we can go back and read a lot of things about great men of the church great teachers, great evangelists, great Bible studies. We also learn from John Wesley and his ministry and how it did start out just in small groups. And small groups become bigger groups. Bigger groups become congregations and churches. And churches continue to grow. So, Lord, we just pray, and I ask for the Holy Spirit to lead this church, to lead those that have gathered here and those that have been coming, to lead, us, lead each of us in that deeper spiritual walk. Grant the understanding that we need. Create, continue the hunger within us as a body to know your word more fully and to act upon it to be obedient to your leading and to allow others, allow ourselves to be held accountable to one another because of the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. May we have that love for one another and for those of this community and those that we don't even know and those strangers that may walk through the door in the coming weeks that this is a church for them because Jesus will be shared with them.
So Lord Jesus, pull us together, feed us what we need to be fed, and allow your word to swell up within us, and may our cups runneth over with the love of God the Father, the love of our Lord and Savior, and the direction and counsel of thy Holy Spirit, now and forever.